Takeout is cool, but delivery gets pricey. So, like a phoenix from the ashes, indoor dining is back at Forge Eatery. I use the analogy because the food is fire. It's a new approach to farm the table. No overalls, just dope food. Try my favorites, like the mushroom stew with pine nuts and ricotta, the cornmeal fried happy oysters, and the seared duck breast. Also, ask about the chocolate chip cookie tins. Mini chocolate chip cookies with a dusting of sea salt. Simply delicious. Head on over to ForgedEatery.com to check out the current menu options and make a reservation today. Forged is located at 3520 Chestnut Avenue in Hamden. What's shaking, cats and kittens? I'm Rob Lee from Getting to the Truth in Azar. And this podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bazaar. Bazaar is a gift shop for those seeking the strange and unusual. Got morbid curiosity? Got an interest in natural history? Bazaar's got you covered. Bazaar specializes in antique medical equipment, jewelry, prints, funerary antiques, and many other morbid gifts. The inventory is ever-changing. I'm wearing a great death's head moth pin, and I'm enjoying this hand-poured candle called Overgrown Cemetery. It's great. It has the studio smelling awesome. Head on over to 3534 Chestnut Avenue in Baltimore. It's in that Hamden neighborhood and see what they got to offer at Bazaar. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is the owner of Mouth Party Caramel and Towson. We have BG Purcell. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm, I'm feeling sweet. I'm feeling almost like like Carol. <laughs> <actually. I, laughs> That's right. I, I, when, when people say, "Hey, can you describe what you look like?" I was like, "Caramel, mouth party caramel <laughs> specifically." The, the 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 one with the old bay kind of that, flavoring to it because you know Baltimore. Absolutely. Um, so so thank you for coming on this podcast. Um, so for those who are uninitiated uh, and and not even in the the area, I know that you you all like ship and have a, a footprint outside of this area, but. Um, for those who are uninitiated, give, give that rundown of what, what you do and what Mouth Party is about. Yeah. So I um, started Mouth Party in 2007. Um, it is a small family business. We um, make a gourmet, I like to say artisan caramel. It's, it, when you taste it, it, is, it tastes old fashioned to me. It's, um, it actually is my stepmother's grandmother. So we're working on the uh, fourth and fifth generation here making it. Um, and it just kind of started it. I had another career in life, but, uh, just, I had two young kids and wanted to do something where I could have the kids be more a part of what my day-to-day, um, work was. And, um, my stepmom is a two-time lymphoma survivor and, um, really wanted to do something, um, you know, give back towards cancer support, cancer research and so forth. So it, for about five minutes, I, I uh, thought about making a nonprofit uh, using this recipe, but but quickly decided that I was just going to start it slowly and see if uh, see if it had legs. That's great, and it's it's great to actually work within a cause because a lot of times it's I, I just did it for money. It's like no, you you were doing it for for a reason that's close and near and dear to you, and. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really important to do something that is serving a, a larger community because you, you mm-hmm. get remembered and you get appreciated for that outside of putting out a great product. Absolutely. So you, you touched on it a little bit. I read that your background is in architecture. So, you know, what, how was that thinking going into the candy biz? Because those are 
I don't know. Maybe you can build something. I've seen some interesting television shows. You can make candy sculptures or something. But yeah. so, so speak on that a bit. Yeah, it's not a what you would call a natural segue at all. But, um, you know, I think one of the things that that does come on in handy is my uh, my backgrounds in landscape architecture. I, I got a master's years ago and um, primarily do um garden design. I got into the whole thing because I'm a big fan of animals and I wanted to work designing zoos. So that's why I got into it. But um, the creative process of um, making something out of nothing, you know, having a vision and creating um, is very similar to making the caramel product, right? Like you have all of these elements that you put in place and how you work the process, the ultimate, um, you know, product in this case being a caramel is much like a landscape design plan in the end. It's sure. it's the creative process that I'm drawn to. And I was able to kind of um, move, use that same knowledge base. I will say the friends I have from grad school, you know, were definitely a little concerned about me when I <laughs> said I'm, not, I'm now making candy. But uh, yeah, so in a way, I, you know, the creative process is similar. That's that's the tie. Yeah, I, I think uh, when you find something that's transferable, it's like how how can you translate it? How can you translate the language in a Rosetta Stone sort of way? How can you translate the language yeah. or the skills that you have to a different space? So, outside of this space, my background is a, is a data analyst, and I was like, how can I use those skills to better do what I, I do? Because you only have so many hours in the day and such. Mm-hmm. So in growing this and and being an entrepreneur in this space, it's like, I got to maximize the hours that I'm putting towards it. Systems, systems, how can I automate things, systems? And that would would make sense to me. So if potentially I move fully into doing podcasts and content creation and so on, I feel like I'll be on the other side answering the question. How did you come up with this? Yeah, (laughs) 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 exactly. So that's good. The, the the recipe uh, was handed down, right? And mm-hmm. it's generations old because I wasn't sure between four to, four to five. So generations old. Is there much room for deviation? And is there any plan to extend those those current offerings? I, I think I read that there are five. Is that true? Or we'll, we'll speak on that a bit. Yeah. So uh, the first point um, about the deviation from the recipe. So I really did commit myself early on to not deviating from the standard recipe. Um, you know, caramel in and of itself is, has um, base ingredients that, that really anybody can make a caramel if they set out to do it. I think what makes ours different is the process and the types of material um, ingredients that we use. And so um, I didn't want to deviate from that. In fact, I tried years back. Um, I used to be in Whole Foods for a long period of time. Um, and then they adopted a no high fructose corn syrup policy. And I was told my products had to either adapt or not be on the shelf. Right. So I, I toyed around with using agave syrup, um, tapioca syrup, um, you know, you name it. I, I tried it and it just changed the fundamental um, texture of my product. And yeah. I had to say, well, I can't. I can't deviate that way because it's not the same. Um, But I will say the original recipe was for just our vanilla caramel. And so we have developed flavors off of that. We do have the five flavors. We've got original salt, a dark chocolate sea salt, one covered in milk chocolate. And as you say, this, the Chesapeake, which has old Bay. Um, 
couple times a year, we do these limited batches where we'll do really fun flavors. Um, we've done lemon rosemary. We do cappuccino. We've done s'mores. You know, we'll do these other variants and sell them in batches. Yeah. Um, we, my, a few years back, we incorporated um, caramel sauce. So we do a couple different flavors of caramel sauce. And the next, the next thing I want to do is a um, candy bar. So that's going to be the third outlet for, for where we go. So um, I'm trying to honestly to keep our head down and just do what we do right now. Well, and, and grow that and then have a little bit more of the variety of flavors and stuff. I mean, a candy bar and uh, you, you, you touched I, on the- In fact, I, I can't believe I said that out loud. I'm supposed to keep it hush hush. So. Oh, I mean, break, break. Uh, it's like breaking news. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Oh, I'm just putting out the hits. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the cappuccino one sounds great. I love cappuccino. I actually mm-hmm. had one later in the day that I normally would. So hearing something like that, it's just like, why, why are you teasing, VG? Why are yeah, you teasing? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, I, I think that that's, I always look for what's you, when you, I think in an effort to try to get, get Baltimore out there in a position that there are things, part of the, the landscape, the, the iconography, as far as Baltimore is concerned, I start thinking of like, what's the candy here? What's the food here and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, not for nothing, but over the last like few years when I discovered Mouth Party, I was like, oh, no, that moves up because there's another game in town. But I kind of prefer what, what you guys are doing because it's it's more it's more refined. It's more what I'm looking for. It's mm-hmm. at a higher level. And I, I'm a snob when it comes to confections. <laughs> I'm a confection snob. So I just wanted to put that out there. You wouldn't be the first. I'll have you to know. No, uh, I get it. And well, that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to just have we're, we're, we have a niche. Uh, it's not unique, but we like to say we didn't invent caramel, but we have perfected it in our, in our mm-hmm. realm. And, um, you know, I, I think another thing just to tie into kind of Baltimore, I think there's room to have multiple yeah. caramel makers here. And, um, the beauty of Baltimore is there's still support between one another, which is really interesting. I've lived a, a bunch of other places and I think that's unique to Baltimore, the the support of one another. And that's the thing that I've been hearing in various communities, whether it be within the the, the artists that I speak to and the entrepreneurs that I speak to are just kind of unique, cool people that I have on. I, I like to leave that broad space for tastemakers. And uh, it's always that community that that's a that's a thing that's out there. And for mm-hmm. people who aren't in the know, who are outside of Baltimore, oh, you guys are jerks. You guys are this. You guys are that. It's like the people that are here seem to be really supportive of each other and very like, very like in a family kind of way or what have you, not stepping mm-hmm. on anyone's toes and trying to make sure everyone prospers because as you, as you put it, there's room for more than one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, so we, we talked a little bit before um, that you, so you're a transplanted area, right? Yep. I am. I, I'm from Seattle. Well, originally from Boston. I've, I've kind of zigzagged around the country, but I spent uh, 29 years in Seattle. So oh, wow. I feel like my, you know, I love Baltimore. I really do. I feel like my true, my, I'm still have a pull West, but um, <laughs> I have family out there still. So. I dig it. I'm, I almost have like um, Seattle Mariners colors in my background. Uh, for context. Yeah, you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> you need a brighter green, but then you. Yeah, a little it. bit, a little bit. <laughs> you know, just a little King Griffey Jr. in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, 
since Mouth Party started in 2007, right? Um, what has been like maybe a few of the biggest changes that have happened since its inception? And I have a bonus question, but I'll ask you after you, you know. Okay. Um, you know, it's crazy. I, so it's been 14 years. That's not just nuts to think about, but, um, uh, well, we're, when we started for probably three or four years, we were very small. It was literally myself and maybe two or three other people. The two people that first joined me are still with me here today. Um, they're now young moms and, you know, it's, it's hilarious. They've sort of, we really, we really are a family here. We're sort of growing together. Um, but I think part of the, one of the changes is just the growth. Um, I think when I started, again, it was more kind of as a whim, didn't really do a whole lot of forward thinking as to what I wanted the business to grow to be. Um, one of the challenges of the journey has been the manufacturing aspect of it. Um, it's a lot more, uh, Complicated is not right as many. It's just cumbersome. There's a lot of steps. And as you grow, you need another piece of equipment or another body or another. So, um, but at the same time, I've loved that journey because it's a challenge. I think part of being an entrepreneur is I think if you weren't interested in challenging yourself or taking a risk, it wouldn't gravitate to you the way that totally. it has. Um yeah, so I think um, I think the growth, the adoption of you know a new product line with the sauce, um, the reach. We're now um, at the holidays. We we ship all over the world, which is kind of fun. Uh, we have stores. I think we have over eight hundred accounts now, and we're in every state. You know, so we're starting to kind of get a little bit of a footprint outside of the Mid Atlantic. Um, so it's been. I think that growth has just yeah. been really interesting and fun. That's good to hear. And it, it it's like, it's like, like, yeah, like the, 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 the thing that really stuck out to me was it just kind of keeps you interested. Like, yeah, whatever the thing is that you're doing, once you have that down in a, I know what I'm doing, I know what this is, maybe there's room to expand in this way. I'm not going to, I'm going to go from A to B, not A to H or whatever. Exactly. And just kind of, but still make it exciting that you want to keep coming back and feel like, okay, how can I do this slightly different, but still get to that same result? How can I um, optimize this and things like that? Yeah. Um, and as soon as you said it applied it to just what I do, the data stuff, what have you, it's like, all right, this is just looking at numbers all day. This uh, numbers. <laughs> and it's right. like, how can I come up with a tool to automate this in some way? How can I make yeah. this exciting? How can I make this a game or something that just keeps me interested and keep my mind working, working those skills? So what are the traits? I read there's a certain title there. What are the traits of a <laughs> Carmelista? <laughs> Carmelista. Well, um, you know, I think one of the big traits here to be part of the mouth party team, I think, um, we look for people that are, uh, hardworking, certainly don't, don't, uh, shy away from, you know, um, a strong work ethic, but we also like to have fun. We play a lot of music. There's a very diverse group here. So we're all very different. Um, I think pride in your work, you know, the people that work here really love to do their part really well. They know that 
directly affects the next person being able to do their job. Mm -hmm. And likewise, they expect a lot of the person coming before them. So there's a real process flow here. Mm -hmm. um, but a Carmelista, yeah, somebody that has pride in their work, that loves our products, um, loves the aspect of what we are as a small business trying to grow. And we do a lot of um, community giving and um, interaction. I'm loving our social media. We have a, a fantastic um, director of marketing who's one of my managers who's been here forever. And um, she's just really great about um, engaging with the community and our customers. And that's really a lot of fun too. That's, that's a, that's a trade I've heard when I've, I've had uh to Hawker brothers on and I went out yeah. actually to the, to the plant and gave me the rundown. I kind of asked a similar question. I didn't think about it. Cause I, I try not to make the questions feel like they're, Hey, so what do you want to be in five years? It just, it, it just <laughs> kind of right, takes right, away right. from it a little bit to me. And just in conversation, I was like, like, who are you looking for? Because everyone just has a certain energy. Like they're quote unquote, mm -hmm. drinking the Kool-Aid in, in the, in the most positive way possible. Yeah. And just people are happy to be to work. And it was like, you know, essentially the main thing that they described is, you know, you had people here to give a damn. And I was like, yeah. I, I like it. I like it. And I like to hear that. So, and let's see. I'm trying to think about how I'm going to order this. I have a few more questions. And there's one in here that I'm going to add uh, that I didn't ask you. I don't know if you've listened <laughs> to any of the previous podcasts, but I always omit a question just to troll Ooh, people a little bit. Okay. Um, des describe a moment where you've felt particularly like accomplished in the candy biz. Um, let's see. Okay, so early on, this is probably four or five, four years in, um, somebody out West found us and wanted to uh, incorporate us into the um, Grammy gift bags that they give out for participants. So that was really fun yeah. because I'm a huge, I love music. And um, anyhow, that was hilarious because we all were just so excited about making caramel that went out there and we, we sent big glass jars and, you know, just thousands of caramels and um, who knows actually who um, I think Lady Antebellum, there were a couple bands that kind of, you know, purchased from us after that, but um, that was, that was fun. Just felt like we were, um, there was recognition outside of just my family <laughs> and my immediate friend group, which is what it was at that time. Um, yeah. And the other thing is I feel uh, a couple of years ago, really starting to feel like people were commenting that we were becoming a gift, more of a go-to gift for representing Maryland. That's great. When people would get married, they'd want to have, you know, Utz potatoes, chips, Otterbein cookies and mouth party caramels. Yeah. And that really made me feel like, well, I think we've got a, we've got a foothold here. Got something. We've made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, popping up in a Grammy bag. That's that's, that's, that's fun, right? right? Yeah, I, know, I know. I know. That just that just solidified the question I'm gonna ask you then. Um <laughs> so I, I, I read um a bit that there were um two kind of hardships within the production. Uh it was two total lost floods, right? And yeah. so that's it's to hear that you're still like rocking and rolling and doing the thing. It's, it's a testament to just that, that hard work and getting things done. How do you, how do you, how do you keep going? How do you like get past those types of things? You know, I've, it's something I'm not quite sure 
what the characteristic is that I have, but I, I don't even entertain the thought of not continuing. I came close. The night of the second flood, I sat, uh, it was down, we used to be in um, Hamden at the bottom of Union Street. Yeah. And um, I sat there, you know, at the yellow caution tape, watching the, rib, the Jones Falls, you know, destroy the space and i that was one moment very briefly when i thought i don't know if i have the yeah energy to do it again but um you know i think the truth is i get my strength from for perseverance through knowing that we really do have a family here i'm i feel responsible for not just investors that i have in the business to do what i can to have the companies succeed but for these people to continue to have a job that they care about and that's, you know, can pay the bills and that they feel. So I think all of that yeah. is just, doesn't even let me entertain the option <laughs> of not continuing. So, and we also survived a global pandemic. So I think my next t-shirt is going to say two total loss floods <laughs> in a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how has that pivot been too? Because, um, you know, with, here, there are some businesses who've been able to pivot a lot better than others. And there are some that you see maybe some of the the small hairline fractures get exposed in one's business practices and they get like yeah. blown up a little bit and they may not survive and so on. Yeah. But how, how has that been for, for Mouth Party? Well, um, it was the pivot is the word of 2020 for sure. I mean, I think... <laughs> Um, the interesting thing that we immediately noticed was the volume of online sales. People really reached out to support us online. You know, we, we closed down for two weeks and then we were open over the summer, but very limited capacity. Sure. Um, because we're a, primarily a wholesaler, our retailers were closed. So we had nobody to sell to yeah. in essence. Um, so really we pivoted towards making enough for our online. And then, then we pivoted towards working and focusing on uh, corporate gifting for companies that wanted to say thank you to employees that were at home or, you know, just acknowledging the craziness of the situation. Um, I do really feel for so many people in the entertainment industry and the restaurant industry, you know, those, those industries, have had to come to a complete standstill for periods of times. And um, we're fortunate that we are a product that people want to purchase to make somebody feel good. And we, we fall within that discretionary income, you know, um, window for a lot of people. So we were able to, to carry on. I'm, I'm very thankful to that. And, and we recognize how fortunate we are to still be here for sure. That's great. And um, with, just people wanting to feel good or what have you uh, I always talk about. It. I was like candy treats, they make you feel good. And I would imagine waistlines and <laughs> a <laughs> <Yeah>. lot <laughs> of orders and things are going to increase, but it, it, it's like, it's joy that comes out of it. Yeah. And I think that definitely uh, mouth party is, is a part of that, that joy uh, quotient. Uh, so what are some of your favorite confections and have any of them, influence some of the like the ideas of how you want to approach things maybe moving forward or recently within mouth party yeah um okay so my favorite confection is one that many people don't like it's true i, I like black licorice <laughs> i know strange 
but I do. I'm a big black licorice fan. Um, and obviously I'm a caramel fan. My favorite um, candy bar growing up was something called a marathon bar. It was okay. years ago made by Mars candy and um, it's braided caramel. So my, I think that's how my attraction to the caramel came to be. Um, but in, in terms of, um, I mean, it'd be fun to do some type of collaboration with another type of candy maker. Um, that's a possibility, hmm. but in, I know. Um, are there secrets floating out there that there I'm, I'm, I'm twisting your arm on digitally? There may be, there may be. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, we are a nut-free company and that's because my um, nephew is really allergic to peanuts. So I, I made a promise. So um, things like turtles and uh, unfortunately are not in our our future. But um, we one of the things I really like doing is collaborating with other makers of, of ice cream or, you know, bakers or um, even uh, caterers that might use our products and our sauces in their in their cooking. So that's that's some some way that maybe we could join forces in the confectionery mm. world. Uh, hmm, a little, uh, little MP <laughs> on top of this cake, I see. <laughs> so I have two last questions. Um, so one of them's the Baltimore question and one of them's this bonus question. So the Baltimore right. question, um, from your vantage point, what would you say the biggest misconception about Baltimore is? Oh, um, that there is not as, um, as rich a culture and art scene as there are, is here in Baltimore. It, it, um, I don't know if you went to Light City a few years back downtown, but I, I loved that. And I was just so struck by the creativity and um, the uniqueness of, of that night. And it was an example of how I think there are just, there's an enormous amount of creative people here. Um, and I think that for whatever reason, you know, I think unfortunately the um, the weight of crime, poverty down in certain areas of the city seems to grab the national attention more than looking in depthly at this this city that is so rich in history and culture and art and great food um, and biotech, yeah. uh, great medical research facilities. I mean, I. I think it covers the gamut, honestly, is how, how broad and interesting it is. Um, but people do say, and they say to me, because I'm from the West Coast, they'll say, well, you live in Baltimore? Why do you go to Baltimore? I was like, it's actually a great city. There's a lot here. Yeah. A lot here. It's very, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I want to do my part with this podcast to try to um, try to normalize it and have it in those conversations with any of those kind of other East coast cities that are Absolutely. within driving distance. Like mm -hmm. why is it not regarded in the same conversation, in the positive sense as, you know, New York or, or Philadelphia or like, like DC, which is right there, not a city, but still like right there. Yeah. And it, it has a unique version of the same thing that those places are accredited for having. So yes. it's like, yeah, how can we, how can we get to that? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was actually the light, last light city. I was um, one of the acts there. Um, you it was were. A, yeah, it was That's a booth. Awesome. And me and a couple of my other podcast buddies, we did this Q and A, and it was um, it was freezing, uh, but it was really cool. <laughs> I did think it was just really uh, what I loved is 
everybody was on the waterfront from all over the city. And you don't see that often. That's one thing I'll say about Baltimore, which is interesting to me being a transplant. There are more definitive lines between sections of the city yeah. than I've experienced in other parts of the country. And um, I, I look forward to seeing that continue to break down a little bit. Yeah, that that is that's that's a thing because um, some people believe that there are two different Baltimore. Some people believe it's just a bunch of different neighborhoods that are just kind of mm-hmm. blocked out. And yeah, I think when there there's those opportunities to to come together, and it has to be this unifying factor. So like, you know, during uh, this this past summer, I was like, yeah, there's you know dissension and different things, but there's always something that brings people together. And if we can focus in those areas, I was like, yeah. even something is disposable as like um uh, let's say the, if the ravens would have won a super bowl you'd have all types mm-hmm. of just people coming together probably yeah. having mouth party karma but people coming together <laughs> they're smart and, yeah yeah <laughs> people coming together and I, I think like more opportunity to do that and maybe having a just this kind of braggadocious thing that new york has like i'm a new yorker you know yeah. we need yeah. to have some of that here just having that that pride and yeah. what we are about here so the last question that I have is you, you touched on earlier that <laughs> you're, you're a music lover and there's yeah. music around, around, the, around the five facilities over there at MP. So <laughs> uh, what's the last song that you've listened to? Ooh, okay. Um, I was jamming on a song right before I talked to you by, hold on, I have to bring up the name of it. It's called Shaky Graves is the, is the band. Okay. And so I was tuned into Spotify when I like Spotify sometimes because they do these random mixes for yeah. me. I'm going to see if I can find the name of the song. All right. Hold on. Hold on. That's always, oh. a, that's always a tough one. It's like, oh, man, I listen to so many songs. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Am I going to be able to find it? Yeah, I, was, I was listening to some... 1981 punk music from a band a german band called uh, pink turns blue oh nice i, I have I a bit of an eclectic taste yeah well i do too uh, by the name by the way the name of the song is called roll the bones it's a new release by okay. shaky graves Impressive. um yeah i do too I, I mean there are days when i throw on you know nina simone and then i rock out to pearl jam in the same afternoon you know it's a very west coast thing to say right there by the way yes yeah yeah <laughs> see those are my yeah that's my that's my draw. <laughs> so that's all I have. Um, all right. So I like to give at the uh, end. Um, I like to give my guests an opportunity to shamelessly. I mean, make a fool of yourself if you want. Uh, shamelessly plug uh, whether it be their website, social media, all of that good stuff. Um, and thank you again for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. It was really nice to to meet you and to speak with you. Yes, uh, mouthpartycaramel.com. If you want to get some. Get some goodies. And um, yes, okay, so I have no idea because I'm not the social media person, but we are on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. So you can find us on those locations well, that's, too. That's fantastic. Um, so again, I'm going to do my sign off. And again, thank you for coming on to this podcast. Uh, so for BG Purcell, the owner of Mouth Party, I am Rob Lee uh, saying that there is art and tasty, tasty, tasty confections in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>